All right, Jalen, we are back for a little Tuesday recap after another wild week of the NFL as we get closer to the playoffs. Um, things are happening. Things are moving. Um, and, you know, but for me and you, we're really more focused on basketball at this point uh, with how our teams have looked. So that's fine. Um, how are you doing tonight, sir, as we get ready to recap? Coming off Drew Locke's uh, finest hour last night as well. So shout out to yeah. Drew Locke. <laughs> yeah man shout out shout out the boy drew lock we used to we used to reform here um I, so, I you know, it's, I was it's the crazy they were out there I heard, <laughs> yeah you were um that's crazy for me that they dropped the story and reminded us how it became geno smith's job it was because this guy got covid like the day he was supposed to start like it was his start and he got covid so it just went to geno smith I completely forgotten about that. And this guy ever since, you know, Geno Smith just did enough to keep the job. And then Geno Smith finally got down. And Drew, here's Drew Locke. You know, what a what a what a performance last night. I was completely surprised because uh again, had to be at work on a Monday. But uh this was a beautiful surprise. I got to see the highlights, such a motivational drive. And then to see the post-game speech afterwards, <laughs> how can you not love sports? God damn it. That's all I can think about. And uh before we go any further into anything, Colby, you are right. I am thinking about the NBA more than often. Uh, right now, we got John Morant's return. Last time we were on here, I was wrong. I uh, jumped the gun on his return. It's actually today. So <laughs> here we are. We're watching them play against the Pelicans. So sure to be a good one, hopefully. Yeah. And the Grizzlies, who were pretty much already dead, they dug themselves a massive hole. You know what? The one silver lining, and then we'll get we'll hit a little – NBA at the end, but biggest silver lining for Ja Morant out of all of this, um, which is obviously an unfortunate situation, and it's a lost season uh, more than likely. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll go on a tear, but it's it's a long way up in the brutal West. Um, at least there's – you remember that whole thing of, uh, like, the record before where they had a better record without him and people were saying, are the Grizz – his talented ideas are the Grizzlies actually better without him? Well, that's done. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that can go to bed. <laughs> so at least – the only silver lining for the Grizzlies' awful season is uh, no one's saying that anymore. I don't think. <laughs> I'm not saying that anymore. I think they're saying uh, it's Dylan Brooks' team. I mean, hey, Dylan Brooks is—he's been done what he's needed to in Houston. He's been good. He's been very good for Houston. Yeah, I was about to say Dylan Brooks is—he's uh, <laughs> making his mark on his own, and it's pretty impressive in that in that way too. He's been able to keep his villain status, I guess, kind of. I don't know. He's kind of become a franchise guy. And then for Houston, like you said, it's pretty uh, honestly wild. Yeah, that's hard to put my words around. It is pretty wild to think about. So just some things to think about for the NBA, of course. Yeah, we'll, we will get into that later. I'd love to it's love really to dive back in. Yeah, we'll try to we'll try to get through our football stuff in time so we can get some basketball talk. We haven't gotten to do that in a while since we last did tears. But OK, another eventful week in the NFL um five takeaways to start um the playoff picture in some ways becoming more clear in some ways also still very convoluted um things are happening so five takeaways you want to go first or you want me to go first oh I would love to go first because it might right. affect yours all right <sighs> my oh my <laughs> Minshew you still look good in my eyes goodness me very good Gardner Minshew, everybody. He and Shane Steichen, most importantly as well, have been cooking with the Colts. 
that faced a great challenge against your Steelers. They were wow. home for this game. Wow. <laughs> That's generous. I appreciate it. You'll get into your Steelers here in a minute. Give you a minute. This is about Minshew. <laughs> he came up against the Steeler Nation. How many points were you guys up by? 10? It was like, what, 10-0? 13-0. 30 on answer after that. <laughs> 30 on answer to everybody. That's my boy, Gardner Minshew. Um, it really gives you a lot of reassurance for what the Colts are doing. They tied now. It's them, the Texans, and the Jags all tied for the AFC South right now. Jags have the tiebreaker on all of them. But, man, this is just getting good. They're a playoff team right now, I'm pretty sure. And because they got tiebreakers on some tough opponents as well. Colby, I don't know if you have a chance to check that. That's why I'm a little bit stalling. But – um also you mean the tiebreak yeah so the tiebreakers it's the afc tiebreaker situation is wild let me see if i can figure this out exactly you keep going okay well yeah so i can keep raving about Minshew. is what you're saying no justin no duh hey i wish i knew his justin taylor yeah no that doesn't jonathan. sound right jonathan taylor thank you <laughs> <laughs> i was like no that didn't sound right there we go jonathan taylor um no jonathan taylor Dude, this Colts team, they rallied. Um, that's why I said, my, oh, my, Minshew, you still look good in my eyes. Yeah, he's he's doing that. Yeah, he's, I mean, he was excellent. I'll give him that. That's a good takeaway. Yeah, he's been terrific this year. Steichen is unreal. Um, He is a phenomenal coach. It is him. Coach of the year has got to be either him, D'Amico Ryans, or Stefanski. Um, Stefanski deserves a ton of credit for what he's done in Cleveland. Um, which I'll get to a Cleveland take of mine as one of my takeaways as well. Um, it's sort of a multi-team takeaway, but Cleveland's a part of it. Um, all right. I mean, yeah, that's good. I've been very impressed with the Colts. So it looks like so ESPN's playoff machine, they got the Colts as a 55% chance to get in. I don't know what the tiebreakers are right now, but I can tell you who they've at least – I at least can tell you who they've beaten head-to-head. So – I know they've already beat Houston once, um, I believe. Yeah, so they already beat Houston once. They still play Houston again, but right now they play Houston the last week. That might be for a playoff spot, potentially. Uh, But right now they have the tiebreaker with Houston. Uh, They beat Pittsburgh, so they have a tiebreaker with them. They lost to Cincinnati, so they don't have that tiebreaker. Um, and they also lost to Cleveland, so they don't have tiebreaker, that tiebreaker either. Cleveland's kind of a game up on everyone else. They got swept by Jacksonville, so they obviously won't have that tiebreaker. I got to tell you, though, their next two games are Falcons-Raiders before that Texans game, so they're in a pretty nice spot. Uh, not that Raiders, though. I'll be a little concerned after that 60 wow. bomb they just dropped. Wow. I mean... Yeah, we were recording during that, so, I mean, that was, that was unbelievable. <laughs> It's a great historic moment for this podcast yeah. is we were there yeah, live. Daily. Yeah, that was yeah, we were there live as we saw the downfall of different up, up and down the field. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we did not pay much attention to that game. <laughs> that was a, an awful Thursday nighter. Um, all right, my first takeaway, I'll just play off yours and I'll just go to my Steelers one first. I wasn't gonna do there it. If you did that, I'll start with it. I mean, they're <laughs> cooked. I don't know that anyone's ever been more cooked than the Steelers are right now. It's a disaster. It's a disgrace. Um, my biggest takeaway, I don't want to seem like I'm overreacting because I've been back in on the Tomlin wave these last couple of years, but I got to tell you, I was texting Christian 
after that game. And I was like, no, I think it might be time. These last three weeks are inexcusable. Um, inexcusable the, to lose to those two awful teams. And the Colts are a good team. So not, but not just that they lost to the Colts, but how they looked at times in that game. Mitch is horrible, horrible. Um, and it's literally the Thanos meme now. The Steelers, I don't know, you know, Thanos from Endgame. Uh, Look where you are. I'm inevitable. Yeah. Rudolph is now Rudolph. You've been asking for him. I have been. I'm glad he's getting the start. So he's playing against Cincinnati. Mason Rudolph, all this time later, is the Thanos meme. The You couldn't live with your own failures, Steelers. Where did that bring you? Back to me. So it's <laughs> Mason Rudolph shotting out there. I mean, I will say Kenny Pickett's never looked better than these last three weeks where he's been out. And you see what the team, what as bad as the offense is with him, it's even worse without him. Um at least Kenny Pickett, for all of his many, many flaws, he at least doesn't throw the ball to the other team, something Mitch Trubisky does not know about. Uh, he just be – Mitch is just an interception machine. But Tomlin – it's more on Tomlin. So this is – it's you got to put it at Tomlin's feet. They are way too talented to – they're probably going to miss the playoffs. We'll see how these last three games go. But for to have a collapse like this, they are way too talented to be like this and to have such a broken offense. So I think it might be time. I think you might look to trade Tomlin. Uh, there are obviously many teams that would take him. You got to get an offensive mind in there, man. This offense is just I can't I can't do another year of this, man. It's it's brutal. I think you can't go another year. I mean, oh, I don't want to. It's close. Look, man, you, he's close to surviving a win. He can still have a winning season, Colby. It shouldn't have been it's in still possible. They were seven and four. It's just falling apart. He wants to keep it close. You have to understand. This is how he keeps his job. This is how the Rudy family, they're like, uh-oh, this is it. If he gets his losing season, we're going to get him. The Rudy family's just waiting, Colby. They're waiting for that losing season. He's turning into the slightly better – he's turning – he's become the slightly better version of Jeff Fisher. With the, how about Marvin the Lewis? Eight, remember the – eight? yeah. He honestly he hasn't won a playoff game in since, what, like 2016? I'm pretty sure it was there the last you go. playoff game. Yeah. It's been a minute. So it's it just look. I love Tomlin. I still think he's a good coach, but I just sometimes you need a change. I think it's been a long time. Had a great run together. It might be time. That's yeah. He's a young coach too. Is the thing that people forget. Like he can definitely go to another team. That's right. Yeah, he came in coaching in his thirties. So yeah, he can still coach for many more years. But I just think it might be best for everyone involved to change the scenery. We'll see. Maybe. I mean, a lot. It's crazy how all these legendary coaches are just getting there. They're coming. People are coming after their jobs. I mean, Tomlin, Belichick, Belichick, which is a perfect segue into my next take. Uh, number one seat certified, Colby, Ravens and the 49ers. This coach, Mister Harbaugh, though, he's ignoring all that. He's been in the league just as long as Tomlin. Don't forget, he has. He's been in just as long. And I think I thought about it the other day. I'm like, man, Christian has not said a word about Harbaugh. He's always complained about coordinators, yeah. but he never says a word about Harbaugh. And it's so crazy how the Steelers, they went through all their excuses, man. They, they're they going through all the reasons. <laughs> yeah. They're checking all the boxes. Yeah. They got rid of the coordinator first time in history since yeah, it's like the way third. back when. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, you know, we're getting into this point where it's like, okay, we're starting to break tradition as well. 
but not the Ravens and 49ers. No, sir. These two teams have not broken their traditions. They stuck to what they know, what the fans know them for. And both these teams are physical, hit you in the mouth type of teams. Um, and I guarantee my take right now is these two teams are your probably your one seeds right now. I think they're going to be your lock given locked in one seeds. Um, I know the Ravens have a tougher schedule than the 49ers do going ahead. I'm pretty sure the 49ers have a bit more, have a, I guess, arguable cakewalk. I don't know. But the key thing here is they are going to see each other Christmas night. This is going to be an amazing game. Can't wait to talk about it with Christian. But these are your number one one seed certified. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, especially if we're talking about the 49ers in the NFC, given the uh, circumstances that we have seen this weekend from the NFC East. So, yeah, the Niners are. I had I had a Niners take well that I was thinking about just that they're. I mean, I think they are just. I mean, they're so far ahead of everyone else right now, at least in the NFC. And we'll see if they. I mean, if they clobber Baltimore too, they're ahead of everyone. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, the Niners. Baltimore is really the last team surviving. If you think about it. Yeah, that's gonna be an, like it, the challenge, the throne. Oh, Everyone it. thinks no one in NFC, none of the NFC can challenge the 49ers, even though I'm over here with my bugle horn, you know, obviously saying the Vikings and Browns beat them, but the Vikings are that one NFC team. Let's not forget. Um. Anyways, yeah. I, I the right people are saying the Ravens are right now the number one challengers. Besides, I don't know why. I hear the name of the Dolphins. I kind of lost my faith in the Dolphins a little bit. Um, they did a great game. They had a great game this past week, if that comes up on any of our takeaways. But um, I think it was against the Jets, so I don't think it will be. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, that's a good one. Um, I'll, I'll I'll do another building off your takeaway because I had one on the flip side of that, of the Ravens game. Um, my second takeaway, man, the Jags, as much as I've still believed in them all year, we may have been wrong about the Jags. They might just not, they might be a little fraudulent. I don't know that they have it. They just, I don't know, man. Trevor is good, but he makes too many mistakes. Um, he's banged up right now. They're just, they have a talented team, but they're just, I just don't think they quite have enough. So my, that's my second takeaway. The Jags, they may not be who we thought they were. We were maybe a little too, uh, and I know you've been having more questions during the year. I may have been a little too overly optimistic against the Jags because, I mean, to just get him outclassed like that by Baltimore and to make so many mistakes. They've had so many games this year, the Jags have, because at their best, they look as very good. But they've had so many games that just leave you scratching your heads and kind of wondering what's going on. Um, so And it's, and now they are they have the head-to-head wins, so they are still have the division right now. But they have the same record as Indian Houston. I mean, they could lose the division, which is crazy. They're not even guaranteed to be in the playoffs. And it looked like a few weeks ago that they were could have had a chance at the one seed. Um, I still think they'll get the division, but my faith in the Jags has wavered a lot. I, I just they're maybe just not as good as I thought they were. That's my takeaway of the Jags. They've had a lot of disappointment, uh, especially these last few weeks. Yeah, I had a lot of hesitation and everything with the Jags, but I was I gotta admit I was big on them as well going into the season. It's the number one reason why I'm in this situation right now in fantasy football is because <laughs> I betted on Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley. Uh, where did that get me? To the fucking toilet bowl. I mean, I, I tried to censor myself, but that, that had to come out, folks. I'm sorry. I mean, goodness gracious. It's 
it is head scratching. And then, yeah, I, I, I had the head scratching moment in week three, four, five, maybe, where I was starting to get frustrated in fantasy and everything. Like, why is this not working? This should, it, on paper, it looks like it should work. It looks like this should be a top five offense, especially coming off of what they did last year. Now this season, look, going into the playoffs here in a couple of weeks, I don't know if they're going to get that win again. I mean, we're going into a playoff where I don't think they're going to win a playoff game when you have, I mean, they're going to be a four, I'm pretty sure, right? They might be the four seed right now in the AFC. So they'll be facing the number five, which is probably going to be the Browns. I mean, gosh, this is just building like Fortnite <laughs> and everything. Lego Fortnite. This is ridiculous. My next takeaway is going to be, Kevin Stefanski's ankle-biting Browns and why you said it earlier. I agree. He is the coach of the year. This was one of my takeaways, and I know you had the Browns as a takeaway as well. It's very Ankle-biting Browns, probably take of the year for me. The ankle-biting Browns was my take of the year, folks. I mean, and adding Flacco to this is just a fun mixture. When we're projecting them now to play the Jaguars and the way we were just talking about them, I really do think that the Browns and Flacco can win a playoff game. <laughs> I really do. And it would, and if that happens, odds are he might be going to Baltimore and we'll get a Flacco versus Baltimore game. And I, I, I can, I can, I'm smiling. I can only imagine just how the game would be received by by NFL fans in general. I feel like it would be an awesome game to watch and just happening in Baltimore just seeing the atmosphere, ah, oh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a sight to see. Um, but back to the Browns, I mean, they earned this credit and this, you know, of me talking and thinking about them winning a playoff game. Their defense is great, and um, when you have a veteran quarterback that knows how to hit up the skill players, and you have a solid run game because you brought back Kareem Hunt, it's working. And uh, Kevin Stefanski, credit to him, man, dealing with four different quarterbacks this season, four. Miles. <laughs> Yeah, four quarterbacks. I was over here pouting out, pumping up my chest for Kevin O'Connell, you know, winning games with Josh Dobbs and almost winning with Nick Mullins. Don't get me started on that yet. Um, yeah, it's goodness. It's it's much more impressive for sure. It definitely is considerable for Coach of the Year. Yeah, oh, I agree. He, he it's like I said, it's those three. He definitely deserves a shot because they. It's impressive to be where they are at the top wild card. Uh, with the quarterback situation they've had. I mean, they they really have Flacco off the street. And they also lost Nick Chubb week two, their best offensive weapon. So, I hey, I was wrong on the Browns this year. They're much better than I thought they would be. Um, I did not know their defense was going to be like this. Um, so we'll see how they turn out. I, I'm still skeptical of how much you can really do with Joe Flacco at this point. Uh, we'll see how these last few weeks go. I mean, they should have probably should have lost that Chicago game this week. They were very lucky to win that game. Um, Whoa, win's a win, Kobe. That's right. No, it is. I mean, they're absolutely right. They're certainly better than the Steelers. Um, Also, this is off the topic. I just saw they're saying C.J. Stroud probably out again this week. So he must have had a really bad concussion. You hate to see that. Um, Who do you got this week? uh, Browns? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have, it's the Browns, so that would be a big break for the Browns because uh, Case Keaton managed to beat Tennessee. I don't think he's beating uh, Cleveland. So um, you're telling me, hang on, it's 2023. About to go into 2024, Colby. 
can I get a Case Keenum versus Joe Flacco matchup? We're going to be talking about Case Keenum and Joe Flacco on Thursday. Oh yeah, that's just that's electric. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's is dial it, the court. Let's dial it back. Trick? <laughs> We're going to dial this uh, one back. I might have to actually break out the AI art and actually get to <laughs> get to work on this little Jalen's backup quarterback graphic because this is gotta, this is just gotta, getting Case Keenum. Is he in there? I don't know if he counts as being in there. Played as a Viking. What do you mean? Yeah, he had that incredible year. I, see, so I don't know. He's on there. Like he's okay. I I guess so. I don't know if he's weird. <laughs> um, that's fine. Wouldn't. What else was he? How how else would you describe his career as a starter, Colby? I mean, he was wasn't really a starter other than that year and the Denver year where they were off. He was yeah, so when he was a back, yeah, where he was having to play backup, right? So we were backup. There you go. He <laughs> qualifies. So yeah, he. he <laughs> He has a legacy over there with he's a Vegas in this AI picture that I'm thinking of here. He's gonna be one of the bartender dudes, you know. They're just all he's a little vetted up, but he's just out there serving up the drinks, talking, giving some back talk to the new guys, you know. So, yeah, I'm really uh, that's gonna be a fun talk on Thursday for sure. All right, all right, my third takeaway that's a good one. I'll give you my Browns adjacent one. It's not. It's about the Browns, but it's it's in a different way. Um, and for all the nice things we've just said about the Browns, my third takeaway is what would where would Cleveland be right now had they just stuck it out with Baker Mayfield? Because my goodness, he was unreal this week. He was incredible. First pass perfect passer rating ever by an opposing quarterback at Lambeau Field. The best game ever played by an opposing quarterback at Lambeau Field. He was licensing it up. I've never been more happy to be wrong. You were totally right on the Bucs at Baker this year. I'll give you your flowers. I thought they were going to stink. Um, I am I abandoned Baker last year after I'd been the, the biggest Baker guy all through thick and thin through the years because it got so bad at sure. point last year. I apologize. I'm so back in. He's excellent. He's been – He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. Welcome this year. back, buddy. He's been terrific. Good to be back. Um, so happy for Baker. He's awesome. I'm glad. I really hope the Bucs win the NFC South because I actually think they, because of Baker, if he's hot, he's feeling it, could actually give a Philly or Dallas some issues, especially Philly with how the back end of their defense is. And we've seen Dallas on the road um, versus New Orleans is just – they're going to get – New Orleans is – I don't want to see that. Um, so <laughs> – Shout out to Baker, but just think about where could where would this Cleveland Browns team? How would they be looking right now if they had Baker? Now he would have they would have had to pay him obviously, but he wouldn't be making the contract Watson is certainly. They'd still have all those picks that they traded. They could have used to get even more good players in addition to the roster they already have. I mean, just think about this Cleveland team right now. If they had Baker, he's at this point he's significantly better than Watson this year. When Watson was out there before he got hurt, wasn't even close. So that that's my third takeaway: is just where where would Cleveland be right now had they just stuck it out with the best quarterback they've had since Bernie Kosar? Colby. Same on the Browns for giving up for abandoning Baker. They said they wanted an older quarterback, and then they went and got a sexual predator. We were disappointed from the beginning, Colby. It's okay. We were disappointed here on the podcast from the beginning. True. Um, you have called them many, many names. Those those Browns. You have called them many names for making that decision. And rightfully so. Um, but the way the Browns have been playing this year, 
yes, they would probably be in a better spot. I would say they would only be, though, like maybe one game better. Maybe. Like I was about to say, they're doing really good this year. So it'd be hard, it'd be hard to argue how much Baker would actually make that better. I love the Bird and Kozar Cooper comparison because yeah, <laughs> he did take him to a playoff game and win. You got we have to remember that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and now he's he's looking like he could be a franchise guy for the Bucks. And man, what a story. I'm right there with you, obviously. I would hate to see the Saints in the playoffs. And it would drive me absolutely insane to see them host a playoff game against the Dallas or Eagles who would just dismantle them, most likely. <laughs> um, but the Bucks right now, like you said, they're feeling hot, and they got playoff guys. So, And this is a fun thing I wanted to share with you, Colby. Hmm. What was Brady's record when by week 14 at this time? Oh, I've seen this. Are you talking about last year? Yeah. I don't remember the record, but I know I saw that. I've seen the thing where like they have almost the exact same numbers, which is crazy. Yes, they do have almost the exact same numbers. Baker seven and seven, Tom Brady six and eight. Wow! They have, Baker they are legitimately better this year. They are definitely better than they were last year. Definitely, they couldn't. Yes. They no. That's not all the court. I mean, they they actually can run the ball a little bit now, which they couldn't at all last year. Rashard White. I mean, I know you're aware of him. He's a he's a dog. <laughs> you didn't have to throw that in there, but Sorry. yeah, I, I, I learned about him. Yeah, I had to learn about him this week for sure. Um, but hey, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to dig up one of our old takes here about the Bucks. I know I had one for them at least, and it was I did believe that the Bucks were going to stay relevant. I thought Baker Bucks will stay relevant. Um, the take that I probably had the most for these Bucks is that yeah, I did take them. I did probably bet it against them a lot, but uh, it was I hope Baker proves me wrong. And like you said it as well. So happy that he proved us wrong here it's a it's a great feeling we're here talking about the bucks and baker mayfield and uh the big show looks like we might have a chance to see it on the playoff man it looks it's again electric <laughs> yeah all right go ahead with your uh with your fourth takeaway we got seven mm. here, so we'll, we'll knock i'll uh, hit the new meeting <laughs> i'm hating how convenient this is going for me right now but um <laughs> We are in NFC South territory. That was literally my next takeaway. We were in That's NFC good. South. It's flowing ter- together well. Yes. Uh, I was going to talk about the fact that the Saints and the Bucks are seven and seven. So are the Vikings. So are the Rams. So are the Seahawks. Welcome to Hi. the NFC South territory, where <laughs> it is gross for those last two playoff spots, where we already know you literally can see it on any standings page. It's punched your tickets punched in for the number five. Essentially, if the Lions win this week, they punch their tickets in against the Vikings. Um, that's the only reason why they're not punched in. They have to play the Vikings twice. So, and then yeah, you got the 49ers and Cowboys also already clinched. So I literally every spot besides the NFC South and the two wild cards who are all have the same records. In my opinion, we're all at NFC South territory. And my Bucks did beat the Vikings, so they do get to hold that four seed. I was going to argue maybe you should have the Vikings at the four seed, but they would have the head-to-head. So had to correct myself real quick before I say that. But, uh, yeah, we, let me just go through these teams again. Vikings, Rams, Seahawks, and Saints. I mean, I'm going to say it. I, I guess I have to. I'm holding – I'm biting my lips so hard. The Vikings should not be in this situation, man. The Vikings should not – they had their chance one yard – they blew it. Yeah. Tad O'Connell, one yard, couldn't do it. Um, 
it was tough. That was a tough loss, um, especially for the Vikings. And they're looking at their 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 standings right now. They're in this mess where they had that one game. And it was a nice one-game cushion. I'm not going to lie. That one-game cushion gave me a lot of confidence. I came on here last Thursday saying, why aren't they talking about the Vikings enough? We have that one game ahead of everybody. Well, guess what? Now they will be talking about us because they're going to be talking about how we're going to get passed up on. So it's uh, it's concerning because now we got the Lions twice and we got a primetime game against the Packers next week. That has not been flexed out because both these teams are relatively close in schedule and standing. So still have playoff implications. Yeah. It should. Yeah, it's a big playoff implicating game. And if the Vikings somehow win this game, ugh, never mind. We'll get to that Thursday. But yeah, we are in NFC South territory. All right, that's a good one. Yeah, and by the way, also on Thursday, as we're recording, it's Saints Rams Thursday night. Actually, a huge game, a massive game. Oh that's yeah. Thursday night it's for wild card implications. Um, I, it's so funny you mentioned the flow. It's I'm gonna stick with it because my next one is also in the NFC South. Um, but it's just about one team, and it's not a team that we mentioned yet. Atlanta. I mean, my takeaway is just Atlanta. What What are you guys have? What have they been doing with these last three? They've spent three top ten draft picks the last three years on Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan. They don't even use two of them. They barely throw to Kyle Pitts. Bijan, they barely is even getting carries. Why? If you draft a running back in the top 10, how are you not even going to give him the ball? Desmond Ritter is, is horrible. We've talked about how they shouldn't bet. You can't bet on Atlanta games, and they promptly went out and lost 9-7 to Carolina, the worst team in the league in a disgusting game. They have way too much talent to be what they are. Our guy, Arthur Smith, it's not been a great year for him. Not the year we were hoping for, even though he had some nice moments. Um, it's just, what are they doing? They they had all those high draft picks on offensive skill players, and they have nothing to show for it. They don't utilize. All three of those guys, I think, are very good players, by the way, but none are being used or performing at the level you'd expected them to with where they were drafted. So that's my takeaway. Atlanta, just these high draft picks on offensive skill guys, as much as I see what we were going for with the excitement and everything, it's it's just a disaster. And I don't know, they have to try to draft a quarterback this year. I mean, I don't know what they do other than that. Or maybe they try to get fields or something. Um, we'll see what happens. But just just a disaster in Atlanta. Just a disgrace. That's my fourth takeaway. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that fields take before. Um, people asking, should they trade for fields? Um, honestly, you're going to be in the same situation that I was talking about with the Bears fans. It's You're going to be starting yourself all over again trying to find the quarterback if you're going to get rid of the head coach. I mean, you got to ask yourself that question first. Are you going to run it back with Arthur Smith before you get a new quarterback in here? Um, obviously, the play calling is questionable. I'm pretty sure what happened was B- something Bijan fumbled it or something again, and he benched him. I don't know what happened. I- uh, yeah, I didn't watch much of that game, but I listened to a little bit of it while I was driving. Actually, <laughs> it was not much of a game to be tuned into for. I mean, a very low scoring, rainy game. The tickets were only forty seven cents. Um, you've heard that. That's probably the biggest take headline from that game. Uh, yeah, it was it's, the score was nine seven. Um, yeah, that's <sighs> it's disappointing especially for the Falcons and how we had them in a little bit of a higher regard going into the season, uh, thinking about 
how Arthur Smith is getting this dynamic running back and he's a creative running guy. This whole season we haven't seen a man. And like you were adding, they, they they spent their three top 10 picks on offensive skill players that they don't use. It's baffling. It's truly baffling. And so for my last takeaway, I'm going to go with something a little bit more on the outside of right field here. Um, a little baffling to me as well, actually. And it's this uh, AFC Western Tumbleweed Showdown. Oh. Um, you got, I mean, yes, the Broncos are right there, kind of in the mix. Same thing with the Raiders. I don't think, I call them tumbleweeds because they're not really going, I don't think they're going to roll into the playoffs. But if they do, it is a little hot. It has been a fascinating story these past couple of weeks, and I feel like they deserve a credit. Um, mainly because how hollow are these teams really? I mean, <laughs> come on, guys. Uh, the Broncos finally faced some true adversity, not against any, uh, you know, kickback team no they were going against a playoff team that was getting their kick their teeth kicked in these last couple of weeks and they, got they lost to the bears we gotta remember that the lions lost to the bears that was so the they lions were coming off with some, they needed that yeah they were coming for some hate so yes western tumbleweed showdown part one and part two i guess it would be more or less talking about the raiders i mean i did say it at the beginning uh 60 points Getting Brandon Staley off the field, and more importantly, doing it after you put up a goose egg against my Vikings, which was a good win when it while it lasted, it seems like. So Raiders turned it around very quickly, showing I really hope that they keep Antonio Pierce, just because I'm starting to think that the locker room, especially defensively, have rallied behind him. So, um, yeah, Western Tumbleweed Showdown. Could be something to watch. Could be something to see. It's what some people do out here, out west, in the prep <laughs> and everything. Just watching tumble tumbleweeds race each other. <laughs> that, that's a good one. I like that for the Broncos and Raiders. That that's fitting. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of moves the Raiders make in the offseason at, at with where they the direction they go with their coach, with their quarterback. Hey, I doubt they're gonna stick with O'Connell. He he's had some moments, but I don't think he's the guy, probably. We'll see. You seen that stash? Come on. He's not been awful. He's definitely he's terrific, obviously, Charger game. They also scored zero points the week before against your Vikings. So like it was the Vikings are a tough defense. I mean, what do you expect? They are, but I don't know. I I don't know about O'Connell. Maybe he will be the guy. We'll see. I'd be interested to see if they give him a shot a shot at all. Um and the Broncos, you know, I think they're they're fine. We'll see. They do have a easy couple next games. If they can win, uh, win that that upcoming game, uh, they they got New England this week, and they play the Raiders again. As you said, that's gonna be very interesting. Um, all right, my final takeaway is gonna be on a macro level about the AFC, similar to kind of how you talked about the NFC. So the AFC a little deeper, but there's a lot of quarterbacks injured. Um, for the teams that are in the playoff mix, we know how crazy the wild card situation is. It's still very crazy um, with three weeks to go. And Baltimore looking like a juggernaut. And the Chiefs, while they've been down, they're still the Chiefs. So my question is just, my last takeaway is just, is it really just going to be a two-team race? Is it just going to be Kansas City, Baltimore? One of the they're going to be meeting the AFC Championship and one of them's going to win the conference? Or... Can someone else, one of those other teams, actually make some noise and make a playoff run and interrupt that and get to the conference championship game? Because right now, I got to be honest, because I, I don't trust or believe in Miami at all. 
it does really feel like a two-team race. And so I'm interested to see. Maybe it's Buffalo if they stay hot and they squeak in. We'll see if they even get in. Can anyone break up that that matchup, or are we just headed for Ravens-Chiefs AFC Championship? Because that's certainly how it feels right now. Well, the good thing is, Colby, uh, a couple of these teams that could play the Ravens, the Ravens lost to. Uh, don't forget the Colts have beaten the Ravens. The Browns have, uh, I think the Browns have given the Ravens a good game once, right? Yeah, Deshaun Watson before he got, yeah, Deshaun Watson before he uh, got hurt. Yeah, they split with us. Or that was the game he got hurt, I guess you should say. So, yeah. Go, uh, they, there's a couple of chances that can separate this for you, Colby. But the Bills, they're still on the outside looking in. Them and the Bengals are very hot right now. I mean, the only reason why I feel like you don't have enough trust is because of those AFC South teams currently holding those spots above them. I feel like if one of those two teams were in there, you'd probably feel a little bit better about yourself. I mean, I don't think you trust. I don't know how much you trust Jake Browning, but I feel like, I don't know, which one do you want more? Do you trust this Jake Browning Bengals, the Linsanity run that he's getting with the backups right now? Now he's got the backup hot touch, or are you going to trust Josh Allen? To keep his uh keep the interceptions under control for the oh, first well, time. Josh Allen is obviously I would trust way more in a playoff game than Jake Browning. Um, but the Bengals have the tiebreaker because they beat him earlier in the year. So it's just a matter. I think the Bills are absolutely that would be that third most dangerous team if they get in. But I don't know if they're going to get in, even though they had this great win over Dallas this week. We'll see if they even get in. Yeah, I mean that's the only key kicker there is that they're at the bottom of all this mix. So now looking at this playoff picture, yeah, your Steelers got kicked out of the mix too. Yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. they're pretty cooked. They basically have to win out. So yeah. they do play Cincinnati this week, so that's a big game, but they're a disaster. Pretty much, pretty much. But that's all I got. And you know what, Colby? I feel like we owe ourselves a little bit of a favor here. Oh? I think we deserve to talk about some NBA. Okay, I'm with that. We can spend a little more time on the NBA. We don't have to I was about that. to say, those mystery team segment, that one... Uh, we covered, I guess, a lot of those teams that were probably in there, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, now that I get another power glance, we already talked about them and everything. <laughs> There's no need for us to really go over all that again. All I right. mean, most of our takeaway was talking about them. So, yeah, pretty much that was your takeaway mystery team segment. I don't know, but... I really want to talk about some NBA here, I feel like. Uh, give us the whole time to get some get the recap on going on here. Um, I'm currently watching the Grizzlies get their teeth kicked in again by 20 points against the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm about to switch this game real quick. I'm about to actually just check and see who is playing here. I think that but, uh, Colby, this is, your, this is your realm. So what's going on around the association? What is something newsworthy yeah, worth to get us started? So there's, there's a lot. It's an interesting year. The West is uh... – loaded looks excellent um phoenix right now is in 10th and they're 14 and 12 if that tells you anything about how good the west is i mean w- i, I want to make sure we hit on some other teams we don't always talk about but first but i feel like we have to just start a little bit with how you're feeling about your timberwolves man i mean we were texting you about it on saturday we've mentioned it before because they're in first place they've tied with boston for the best record in the league they're 20 and 5 right now when i was texting you not only are they do they have the best record but they have been boat racing teams. I mean, they are running teams out of the gym more often than not in a lot of these games. 
I am stunned by how well. And that's I thought they would be better. I thought they'd be in the playoffs, but I did not expect this. We'll see if they can keep it up. But man, um, the Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards, uh, baby mama situation notwithstanding, he's been unreal. Uh, he's a terrific two-way star. Their defense is the best in the league. And the, the Cat Gobert thing, I got to give credit. I didn't see it. I didn't get it. But, but it works. Cat's having maybe his best year. Gobert is re-energized. So, I mean, just how are you feeling? How impressed have you been by this Timberwolves team? The best Timberwolves team you've ever seen. Easily, probably. Yes. Uh, this is. It is still technically, statistically, historically speaking, the best Timberwolves team that has ever been put to paper in winning basketball games. Um, only five losses throughout almost the Christmas break. Um, dude, it's insane. Uh, I'm almost, uh, to be honest with you, I love, it's a good reason for me to be going to tune into basketball because yes, I remember starting this season concerned a little bit. Uh, I think we had a couple of concerns. This is where a couple of our losses came from was at the beginning of the season, but something that they did say early was that this this not this Vikings this Timberwolves team was going to be very defensive? Um, it was going to be a defensive team, and at first I was concerned about that because I was like, "Man, we're really relying on Rudy Gobert." More importantly, I think it's that we're relying on Jane McDaniel's and Nas Reed to take those steps up, and they have. Um, it's really cool to watch this man. Um, I was a little concerned again. Jane McDaniels, like some of the things we were doing, maybe a little concerned at the beginning, like signing Jane and McDaniels, but he's proven besides punching walls that he can do a really good job playing defense and everything. And he's a great player on the court as long as he keeps his uh, emotions in check. So, and Anthony Edwards, I mean, obviously the star of the show um, comes in and he takes all the attention away from Cat. And I think maybe that's what all Cat needed at the end of the day. Maybe Cat couldn't take being the star the superstar of the team you know like ant is like ants over here he's being he's doing gq interviews he's doing funny espn things i <laughs> yeah. mean he's got baby mamas blowing him up on the internet it's it's you know it's 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 the superstar life it looks like so he's a young kid uh i really hope i love watching the timberwolves play and you know and when he really, for me, I saw this little interview. It was Cat and Gobert. They were talking to somebody, and then Ant just comes up and everything. And he said he calls them his little brothers. And I, I, at that point, I was like, okay. I was like, it's. I was like, it's the other way around, obviously. But it, it, I think it's per, I, like I see what's going on here, and I think it's awesome. So I, I was made fun of when this trade first happened. I was truly yeah. ridiculed to the point where I had oh. no faith. I will admit yeah. it. I had lost Never, faith. Yeah. I was ridiculed. I was ridiculed to the point where I lost faith for coming from here, coming from at work, coming Everywhere. from friends, coming from all sources. Yep. So, and here we are, top of the league. It paid off. It just took a year of growing pains. Um, let's see how it holds, though. I want to see how it holds because the Wolves are known for one thing, and it's devastating, untimely injuries. That is wow. something that I am just praying and looking right now around my room. For any sign of wood, so I can knock on it real quick. But yes, <laughs> that is uh, exactly how I feel. All right. Well, hopefully you don't see that. But man, they are. Uh, yeah, you got to enjoy the ride because they've been excellent. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, I'm back. I had to find some people. I found one. Next, next team I want to talk about. There are a couple here that we'll hit before we go. Um, flip side of as fun as to talk about the Timberwolves. 
team I got to eat. And it's again, it's still very early. This is again, we haven't even gotten to Christmas. So we'll see how all this winds up playing out over the course of the rest of the year. But got to be fair. Fair is fair. Got to give credit where credit is due. I we both have, but especially me, said a lot of very not nice things about the Clippers uh, after they made their James Harden trade. Credit where it's due, they've won eight in a row, and they've looked fantastic. Kawhi's looked re-energized. Harden's been playing excellent. It appears they've found a lineup that works with Harden, Mann, uh, George, Kawhi, and Zubach, uh, with Russ coming off the bench. I, I didn't understand it. I didn't think it made sense basketball-wise. I thought it was going to blow up in their face. It certainly still could. And it started out looking rough, but now they're figuring it out, man. They've won eight straight. They're the hottest team in the league right now, longest win streak. Um, they're they're on a tear, and so I I got to give them credit, man. Harden has been very good the last week, two weeks or so. Uh, Kawhi has been excellent, and obviously, if they're healthy, is always going to be the biggest thing with Kawhi and PG. But for right now, I got I got to give the Clippers props, man. They're playing really well. They're playing like a really good team. Ty Lue, he, he's figuring it out. I yeah, and clips to yeah, I was about to say clips shouts to Ty Lue. Um. For me personally, I think I saw a stat the other day. I think it was like Kawhi has either missed one or none. It's like he's he's played in a, almost every game and everything this season. So he's not resting. He's not doing his old little shindig that he usually does. But most importantly, yeah, we were. I, I was very disgruntled, I guess you would say, with the move that they made with Harden. I was confused. I thought they should just, you know, stick it out and see if they can figure it out and don't ruin what they got. But, um, at the end of the day, we did say if there was anyone that could figure it out, it would probably be Tyron Lou. It would be a challenge because it's a lot of stars, a lot of attention. And boy, there was a lot of heat for those first couple of weeks. Because, yeah, we were saying it. Everyone on the major media that was obviously listening would say it. So, um, and it got to the point where my guy, Russ, had to take a seat back because he knew the situation. He knew what had to be done. You know, Colby? And it takes an elite, legendary player like that to know the locker room and guide his team to a good spot. Listen. And look at them now. They're sixth in the West. Oh, two games behind the Nuggets, four games behind the Wolves. They beat the I Nuggets mean. the last time they played them, too. They have almost never beat the Nuggets since the bubble. So, I mean, yeah. No, you're, you're right. The credit to – listen, Russ, I'm not a Russ guy. I've never been a Russ guy. I'll give him credit. He has been very good for the Clippers. He's been exactly what they've needed him to be. And he finally has found like a spot that fits him basketball-wise. And he's kind of appears to, as you mentioned, finally be accepting what he is at this point in his career, um, which is something he was not able to do when he was on the Lakers. Um, so, yeah, I give him all credit, especially Tyron Lue. I agree with you. He he definitely probably deserves the, the biggest share of credit for how they've been able to turn around. But we'll see. We'll see if they last. But, yeah, they've been, they've been on a tear. Um, yeah. Okay. Some other teams, because I want to talk about some trade stuff as well, because I think there's some interesting teams out there that either need to give away pieces or acquire pieces, vice versa. Um, let me do that last. I guess I'll save, because most of the Eastern stuff I want to talk about is actually trade related. So I'll save the Eastern teams. I'm going to stick with a few more, two more Western teams I want to hit on just quickly. One, Sacramento. They had a bumpy start. There we go. They're looking very good. They're playing really well. Keegan Murray, 
who I said that's they're going to go. They need him to take a leap if they want to really be a serious contender. He had a rough start to the year. He's kind of regressing. He had 40 the other night, uh, 40-some. He had a bunch of threes. He's, he's been playing better. Fox has been incredible. Um, so they're 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 on they're playing really well. Um, I'm happy to see like what I seen from Sacramento. This is what I expected from them this year. Uh, I think if they can be right now, they're fourth. If Sabonis been very good, uh, I mean if they can be continue if they can get home court again and be one of those top four seeds, I think they can absolutely win around this year. Uh, even in the loaded West, I, I expect them to keep growing and improving. So don't have as much to say about them because it hasn't really, unlike with Minnesota or, or the Clippers, who have obviously really exceeded my expectations for what they'll be. The Kings are, I thought they would be better than both those teams, obviously. Um, so the Kings are a little bit closer to what I thought. But after a bumpy start, it's good to see they're they're playing really well right now. They they're look like a very good team. Yes, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Kings because, yeah, yeah, I've heard about the Keegan Murray pop-off and everything where he had, what was it, like 47. 12? Yeah, it was like 13 or 14. Yeah, 12 or 13. There we go. Like, he only missed one one three. It was insane. Um, uh, yeah, I, I really think it was good to have the Kings on here. Back in the top four where we can comfortably talk about them again. Um, most importantly, though, I think it's because we have a level of trust with these guys. You know, we, we you, you under... I should say you, not we. Most importantly, you discovered this team last season. <laughs> that game that that way we there we go. Now that, that way we can gain the trust and confidence in this team and everything. So that way we can talk about them in this uh environment with our teams as well. Um dude, I, I said this in our group chat. Right now, it's just a beautiful time for all of our teams in our group chat. Folks, I'm just gonna list them off for you right now. We got a Timberwolves fan, which is me. Nuggets, Colby. Um, we got the Thunder with our friend Lou, and then you got the Maps, Christian, when he decides to good, be. Man. Decides to be. Well, Luke, Luca is Luca right now should be the MVP. It's obviously we haven't got to Christmas yet, but right now he's MVP. He's on. He's been insane. Yeah, he has been. And then you got the Heat and in uh, the in the Celtics also in the chat. So, but yeah, Luca and his dad powers. I think that should be a talk for another time. But um, because they're saying that dad get being a father bump, turns yeah. you into a different player. I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a this theory that we have to go into a scientific hypothesis. Um, go do some research. How old is Jokic's child? Uh, compare the stat lines. Because did he get his child before his first MVP? If so, did he get his MVP when it before his child turned one? I think he's around out. the so that's a good question. It's probably had to been close because he probably got the MVP his first one first. Cause I think I saw an interview before the I think his daughter is like two years old, three years old. So he would have gotten his first one like right around right before that. So it was very in the ballpark though, yeah. When he got his Maybe. first yeah, this is a theory. It's a it's a fun theory that I like that people bring up on the internet. I think it's funny. But um yeah, for the Kings though. I feel like also the reason why they're a little lackluster is it's like you said, that we expect this from them. And Darren Fox, is he still that superstar for you in your opinion? For me, I think he's just a regular star. I, I, he still hasn't been that guy to take the step up, but to hear the things about Keegan Murray, it does it that gives me the raise my hat and go, okay, here we go. Yeah. Man. 
Like no, I, I'm more I'm more excited for Keegan Murray than I am Fox at this point. I would agree with that. So yeah, I would agree that Fox is definitely better. I don't know if he's he's right on the borderline of being a superstar. I would call him a star. So I would say him and Sabonis. Like that's why I've said the Keegan Murray thing. It's about him because Keegan Murray's obviously the third best player. He's not as good as Fox or Sabonis yet. He's very young, but because Fox and Sabonis are stars, but they're not that high level top 10 neither of them are top 10 players fox is maybe right on the edge but i don't think he's quite in the top 10 and so because of that they really need for them to really contend they need keegan murray to also kind of step into that quasi star range because at that point even though you don't have one of the best 510 guys but if you have two of the best 20 guys three of the best 30 guys or so then that's a that's a real legitimate uh thing there that you can build on in the playoffs yeah that's the thing and he's i feel like pressure on him versus someone like an aaron gordon um as far as being the offensive piece yeah and he's the rookie too though so i mean he's not the rookie but he's the young piece there so that's the thing too like he's the it would be he's the big turning for sure he's the big turning piece um but yeah that's a good one I i like that you brought up the kinks Appreciate it. All right. Um, so let's talk about well, first, we just actually have to take a segue because you mentioned news. We have to mention the Detroit Pistons, who I know we've talked about before, on a historic stretch. They have lost 24 games in a row. Now, two and twenty-five. They were two and one. So at one time they were a winning team. And they <laughs> lost twenty-four straight, no matter what they do. It's almost I feel like becoming a thing where you know, you think even the worst teams in the NBA get wins every now and then because teams are tired. They don't take them seriously. I mean, it's 82 games. There's just wild variants. It honestly kind of, to me, feels like this streak has gotten so absurd that it's like teams are now, like, getting up for the Pistons game because they're like, well, we can't be the team that the Pistons <laughs> finally lets the Pistons get a win. Like, that's amazing <laughs> for us. Um, so, man, I mean, it, what a disaster. I, I thought they would take a step forward this year. They they might be even worse than last year. They were the worst team last year. <laughs> even with Cade, they've somehow gotten worse. Cade, pressure on him. He's got a – he's their best guy, but he has not been good enough. It's just a disaster all around in Detroit. Oh we just have to mention that historic stretch. That is just – it's terrible. It's just terrible. Um my favorite meme out of all of this, for those who haven't seen it, is the uh, Wingstop meme, where it's like, come in and you get a free sam- a free Wingstop appetizer with a Pistons win, and it's the SpongeBob meme, and everyone's at the grill like, oh, great, my kids are starving, <laughs> and it's just like, whenever the Pistons win, is like very zoomed in and on there, and it's just like, where we are at 24, and everything is like, Piston fans just starving man um they're they're doing terrible but they're not they're doing it in a fashion where it's like man they're a young team they're trying to get things together it's just not happening at all uh then they go for monty williams and that's just not looking good either um for me though as i look at the standings right off the rip uh, I you let's go ahead and throw this team on there with them. I mean, you gotta say the Wizards are. Oh yeah, the Wizards. I, are, I mean, they're, they're, doing, they, they're losing their own way as well. <laughs> the Wizards <laughs> are so lucky that the Pistons are having this historic season because they are just as bad. 
They've managed to win two more games, but yeah, they are. Jordan Poole's doing goofy nonsense. The end of games, they're they're, they're a disaster. But we I knew. Feel like we, the, yeah, we knew that. That's the thing, though. I was going to say we knew that, and we we knew that they were going to do things their way. But for the Pistons, we expected a little growth, but that's it like we expected some growth we knew you were a young team but damn like yeah. even i'm i'm officially done with them like last season i tried to make them be that you know hey they're right there with the magic they can yada yada no no yeah magic are way no, no, no. the magic are on their own level yeah, they have dusted this <laughs> they're, team. they're not even look they're not even in there i don't even know where in the rearview mirror you would consider the magic <laughs> in in this equation i don't, this I don't even everyone's rearview mirror <laughs> they're miles behind yeah, I was about to say, I don't even think they're in the picture, is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> oh, shit. But, um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. Sorry I had to mention that because that's just historic. Um, all right. So let's let's hit before we go, let's hit the Warriors and talk about the trade wins. Oh. That. So the Warriors, obviously, Draymond, he had his, I don't know if we talked, we, we mentioned briefly his uh situation last time we were on, didn't we? Of uh, where he punched Nurkic. He's suspended indefinitely. Yeah, the Warriors are twelve and fourteen. Their problems began far before that, though. Um, so basically, the Warriors, this team as constructed, they're not even going to make the playoffs. Um, and they're wasting. Steph is still excellent. Everyone else is a disaster. Clay has declined significantly. Draymond has declined significantly. Wiggins, I don't know what happened to him, but he has fallen off a cliff from where he was to just two years ago when they won the finals. Mm-hmm. Um. They have no scoring that you can depend on outside of Steph. They're tiny. compared. If they have to play Minnesota, Denver, or the Lakers as constructed, I mean, in the playoffs, they would get annihilated because they're just so small. Um, but So they have to shake it up. They've got to make trades at the deadline. So just I want to just kind of list off some teams here that see what you think as far as teams I think that need to be buyers and sellers uh, as we start to get, we still have two months till the trade deadline, but as we start to get into trade season, moves are going to start to be made. The Warriors need to be a buyer. They have the pieces. They can make a move. Oof. I'd be calling Chicago or Chicago and Toronto. Look, I don't want to even talk about their side of it because I've beaten this horse to death, but obviously they should both be selling off pieces. Um, and I think Chicago is at least going to Toronto. I mean, we'll see. They're just, they're so stubborn. Um, but they're both well below below 500. They're not going anywhere. They need to blow it up. So if I'm Siakam to me is the best guy. Levine I know has already been out there. Siakam to me I would say probably the best guy is going to be available unless the Cavs move Donovan. Um, but we'll see if they're smart enough to do that. Since the writing's on the wall, he's going to leave probably when he gets a chance. Um, so the teams that should be trying to get Siakam to me, obviously the Warriors should try to get him. And Indiana should be trying like hell to get him, too. I think he would be nice, very fun to watch with Halliburton. Indiana is also way too small. They need a little more size because they should be a playoff team, but they, they don't guard, as we said. As electric as Halliburton is, they don't guard at all. They need another piece in the front court. So I'd be trying to get Ananobi or Siakam from Toronto if I was Indiana, either of those guys, because you have to get some defense, man. They're so bad at defense. Um, so they're the teams. They're the kind of teams I think should be a buyer. Brooklyn is in such a weird place. They're 500 right now. They don't have their picks, so it doesn't it doesn't really make sense for them like a Brooklyn as much as a Toronto or a Chicago to trade away pieces because you don't have your own pick anyway. But they have all the Phoenix picks, so they do have assets. 
I actually think that's kind of where I think Donovan would be perfect. We know he wants to be in New York. I think their team is actually a much better fit for him than the Knicks would be uh, because they just need a guard. They need a guy to kind of run the show for all their excellent role players they have. So I guess Brooklyn should be a buyer. They need to get a guard of some kind. Um, on the other teams, Dallas, I would think, would be interested in making a move. Sacramento, I'd be trying to get Ananobi as well just to get another defender. I mean, we know Philly is going to be active trying to get a star with the assets they have. We'll see who that ends up being. Probably maybe one of the Chicago wings. I would imagine Chicago moves DeRozan and Levine, or at least one of them probably should move both. Could Chicago, it's they're actually okay. in a decent spot. Go ahead. Sorry, I've been rambling. No, you're right. Chicago is in a big, big selling spot. You're right. Keep going. I'm right yeah. here with you. Because, I, I mean, I think, like, it's weird because, like, they're this team has constructed. They're going nowhere fast. They're 12th right now. They're 11 and 17. But these players individually, I still think you can get a pretty good haul for, for DeRozan, for Levine. I don't know if, how much you're going to get for Vucevic at this point, but you could at least get something. Um and Caruso. Caruso, you could get a good bit for, too, because he's such a great defender, and that's incredibly valuable. Um, and Kobe White for Chicago's turn to corner. So he's maybe the he's the young piece to keep. Um, so those should be the sellers. Philly's going to be a buyer. I think it'd be interesting to see, like, some of these young teams like Orlando, OKC, do they try to make a move just to get another piece? Like, Orlando's got to get it. They need another shooter, as I've said. OKC needs another big um, – so it's interesting to see. I'll be interested to see what kind of moves these teams make going forward. I mean, what, what do you think of all of that? I know that's a lot. I just spewed out there. but Oh, you're good. I got my notes. Someone should make a move or, I mean, what do you think of what I've just been saying? <laughs> all right. So I got everything that you were saying. I was trying to keep track of where you're putting them down. I agree with Toronto and the Bulls being sellers still. Obviously, it's not working. We've beaten this horse many times here. <laughs> Completely agree. However, I don't know if the Warriors should be a part of all this trade talk. Oh, um, personally, I was personally right when you said the Warriors right off the bat. I was like, I don't know. I know the Draymond situation ain't great, but none of their contracts are great right now. They're in a tough spot. They are. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you really want to make a move with a superstar on Kerr's last potential year? You're going to have Thompson on his last year. Do you even want to take Draymond back? Are you going to trade him soon? Like, that's a whole thing in itself. I've heard Draymond getting traded to the L.A. or somebody. This is a close friend of mine who who's, will just say that. A close friend of mine, he always talks about certain trades. He want, he thinks Draymond is going to be the next secret trade, but I don't know about that. Um, they're even getting for him at this point. He keeps doing all these violent acts. <laughs> so it, it, that's a good point. So. Yeah, I was about to say, for me personally, that's why it's tough for me to, for, to see the Warriors as buyers. I feel like their GM hasn't really done much to show me that, you know, that he, I think he might just ride it out and just start his own era. I don't know. It's going to be interesting because you do have Curry. I think they said they do have Draymond for a couple more seasons. I don't know what yeah, that contract is for him. They just re-signed him four years, 100 mil. So Yeah, yeah. so yeah, they yeah. do have Draymond. They just haven't brought back Clay. Clay has finally just said that he needs to – he plays like doo-doo, and now he's playing great. So there's that. Indy being a buyer would be something that I would like to see because they're finally – the talks of Buddy Hill leaving have finally diminished. It looks like people have finally 
the, at least he has finally calmed those rumors down. Um, and then I would, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Andy does if they could. Maybe a premier big man. I don't know how I feel about Miles Turner still. Um, he's not having his best year. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, he's he's always a quiet. You know, like he does his own. I've always thing. liked Miles Turner a lot too. Solid. I don't find a bigger Miles Turner fan than me, but he's not having the best year. He's a solid player. Like he gets the quality blocks. He's a classic big man for sure. Um, but to the Brooklyn, Dallas, Sacramento, Philly, Orlando, and OKC that you have mentioned. <laughs> um, here's what I think about those teams. Brooklyn, should they be buyers or sellers? It's a weird – they're the weirdest team in the league, man. They are the weirdest the weirdest. Team. I think they should be buyers. I have I have written all these teams down. I think I'm going to put them in buyers. Um, I like Cam Johnson. Of course, these guys – these role players, just get, they have great role players – Buy in, get get like you said. I like the idea of getting Donovan Mitchell. Get you a star, perfect. Get yourself in, yeah. Get yourself an idea because M- Mikael Bridges, you tried it. He's keeping you guys kind of relevant, but it's Can't not be enough. One. Can't be your one. Yeah, yeah, it's not enough. Great, he's a great, um, a great three. Maybe could even be a two. At the way he's played in Brooklyn, he could even be a two. But yeah, he can't can't be your one. You're not going anywhere because you're one. Exactly, I agree. Dallas, you're always at the. You're always. I think you said it. You're always looking for that star to help pair with Luca. I mean, Kyrie's already there. Let's not forget, folks. Kyrie's playing there. I mean, yeah. Oh, you're gonna mesh with that. So, if you, I would love to. I'm honestly gonna keep probably Dallas in the middle, but it's an obvious for me to put him as a buyer because you're always trying to figure that out. Um. But they have Derek Lively, Lively, don't they? Like that's going well for them. So yeah. Oh it's yeah, like, that that is going. Lively's been a home run. I can't believe how. And it's not like now. Nah, he's not like going to be an all star or anything. But for but he's a good. He's. I mean, he was raw coming out. He's like nineteen, and he's their starting center. He's he's the best big man Lucas probably had as far as like that fits with it. Well, he had Porzingis. So since Porzingis, he's the best. Like one of the better fitting bigs is that yeah lively's been that's been a home run of a draft pick yeah um and then here we go sack town should they be buyers or sellers well not they're definitely not sellers that's the thing if you buy you gotta get you gotta go if you buy colby and it's gotta be the right move i I wouldn't just yeah for me with them, if I want to keep them in the middle. It has to be a right move. I'm putting them in the in the middle still. Philly, I don't think they're going to buy. I think they learned their lesson. I think they might sit back. Maybe they'll go for like a Bulls or Toronto player, like you said. Well, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I, don't I think really they're going to sit back more on this one. They're not going to go for a star yeah. again. I think they're going to finally just run it with the two guys they have and how can they support them. Yeah. So I see them in a buyer in that kind of way. That's Orlando, a- sellers. Oh. Yeah, too many guards. Too many guards. Oh, yeah, that's, we talk about that's, this all the time. That's true. <laughs> you have too many guards. Fultz that's has they've been, it's been working for them that Fultz has been hurt, actually. Like, I don't know where he even fits in now. That's like, terrible. They have so many guards. Yeah, it's, it sucks because I like Fultz and he's been good for them. But, like, I don't know. Like, you're not taking – like, Suggs has been a revelation. Suggs is having his best year. He's breaking out. Anthony Black, their rookie, has been pretty good. Cole Anthony's been pretty good. Um, Jed Howard, who they picked, doesn't even play. All I hear is value everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. You could move one of those guys if you wanted to. You're not – I would not move Suggs, which is crazy 
Because going into this year, he would have been the one I would have said trade. I would have felt like he'd be the worst of the bunch. Now I, I'm not moving. He he has gone up a level this year. So credit to him. There you go. And then to wrap things up here, should OKC be a buyer or seller? Hmm, they're in the top, Colby. They got a very young team. I talked with this about Lou. When you're talking about the Thunder, they technically have their own vet in Shea. They're developing at their own pace. He's four, isn't he? <laughs> yes, exactly. But if you think about it, he's the oldest guy probably on that team. <laughs> he's probably the oldest guy on the roster. Or at least he's been on the Thunder longer than most of those guys. So oh, he is. So that's why I'm like, he is the vet of that team. So, I mean, maybe you bring in for OKC again. Maybe you bring in a vet or two. I don't know who that veteran or I don't know, a veteran star I, off the top of my head. But. It doesn't need to be a star. I just think, okay, so like I said, most of these teams I don't think is star. Because other than Siakam and – I don't know if you even call Siakam and Levine stars. But, like, those type of level guys. And, like, just, like, solid role players, starter caliber guys. Donovan's, like, the only legitimate star who could maybe be available. And I don't know if he's even going to be available. Okay, so he just needs one more bid. Chat's been terrific. Chat's been – Excellent, unbelievable. He's gonna be rookie of the year. Should be going away. They just need another big to. They don't really have any other bigs besides him. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I got for the little trade machine talk we got there for the association. Good. It's pretty good, Cole, and everything. So here we go. Three minutes. It's time. It's time for that time, boys. It's the final thoughts, Colby. I'm guessing I'll go ahead and take off for this one. I'll go ahead and take off for the first one here. Okay. Um, let's mix it up a little bit. John Morant's heating up in the uh, right now in a good way for once in the association. Let me let me let me slow down. Hold on, folks, stick with me here. But this is not where I'm going. No siree. My final thoughts are going to be because we're going to have a lot to talk about on Thursday. So I'm going to get to it now. It's going to be a great slate on Sunday, on Christmas. Yeah, the Christmas slate's going to have basketball and football. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm going to be probably, my final thought on Thursday is going to be about football. So my final thought is going to be, make sure you also watch basketball games on Christmas. That's a good final thought. I will be watching uh, basketball games as well. I, me and my sister will be watching the, the Nuggets game. My my little sister's actually after after the Nuggets won, she's actually gotten uh start started pull for them and pay attention to them a little bit. So we'll be right there watching. So I'm proud. Um, after hearing all those years of you, <laughs> all those years of pain, <laughs> here she comes in for the joy ride. That's right. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'll be watching. Uh, my final thought. That's a good one. I can't wait for the Christmas Day games. Listen, my final thought. Um continue to be a little bit of a dick about this i don't want to make light of injuries but because it was my final thought thursday i just have to follow up with an updated final thought i've used this several times you know we've talked about the phoenix suns how they finally after 20 some games got to play together with their big three they promptly played two games together and bradley beal hurt both his ankles is now back out again at least two weeks so you heard both of them just yeah it was like a weird play i don't know so that that's my final thought it's just this phoenix thing man i think I, he's going I, for the bag work buddy i'm like yeah that they, that's they're gonna have like no experience playing together come playoffs is injured again it's crazy everyone that was saying i hate i mean like it just 
the bracket, you wanted him out of the Wizards. Remember back, that? You it, wanted him out of the Wizards. And look back in the got. day, yeah. He, and he was excellent. He's still a good player when he's out there, but I feel like when they got him this summer, people, the media, because like no one cares or pays attention to the Wizards, were kind of lying about who Bradley Beal was at this point in his career. And it's like, oh, they're getting this third all-star level dependable guy. It's like, actually, it's the guy who was really, really super injury prone and has declined. He's still good, but... So that's my final thought. Phoenix is just, I mean, it's just a mess. It is a mess. But on this episode, as we make a quick wrap up, it was some pretty good stuff, right, Cole? I'd say it was. Very, very good stuff. Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. Whenever you want more biased takes, go on over to our social media pages, Spotify, or wherever you can probably find a podcast, if we have it up. And if we do, thank you for following us on social media. And then besides that, have a good one, y'all.